Amen. Morning, precious church family. Firstly, um, we are a community of honor, and I just want to publicly thank uh, the staff team because behind the scenes, they have worked so hard over the last few weeks and months. There is an awful lot happening in the church, and I wonder whether we could all thank them for all that they're doing. They're an amazing team of people. Bless you guys. Thank you, Sarah. Thank you, James. Thank you, Johnny. Thank you, Anne, Lauren, Charlie. There's loads of you. Fariba, you're all amazing. But this morning, we are starting arguably the greatest adventure Coastline has been on to date. Today, we're starting a four-part message series that we've called Building for the Future, leading up to us taking our first gift day on the 25th of June towards the purchase of a building to call home. Yeah. Yeah. This building, this facility, will be a space to facilitate even greater kingdom ministry, to facilitate us gathering in large numbers, but also gathering in small numbers. It will help house a lot of the current 46 coastline ministries we're already doing, but also make space for more. We'd love this kingdom facility to obviously house our Sunday activities, uh, you know, the kids and the youth and all the stuff that is happening here. But our dream also is to create a community hub. A lot of vineyards have made a hope center, a place where people can come and access all kinds of support from stuff that we're already doing like CAP and counseling and mentoring and advice, befriending, addiction support, as well as come to this facility to get practical help like a meal or clothes. Hopefully, none of this should come as too much of a surprise to you because this is part of our DNA. As you remember back in February, I shared in our 2023 vision message, the Lord is asking us to go on this great adventure together. And today, the 3rd of June, 2023, this is where it starts. However... Amen. (laughs) However, if you weren't here in February, or maybe you're new to the church, maybe you've just got saved here at Coastline, and you didn't hear the vision message, let me give you the three main points. The first one is the church is growing, and we are going to multiply our Sunday morning gatherings in October this year to make space for more. Number two, we've set up a new charity called the Coastline Community Trust, and the trust is going to house all of our current compassion ministries and help us to develop future ones. Our intention is that the trust is going to help us have a greater outward focus and ultimately be able to reach more people with the gospel. Amen? Number three, we have... Been super blessed to be in this amazing space on Sundays, Uh, but there have been a number of challenges that some of you will never know about in order to meet in this building. And honestly, the Church of England have been amazing with us, specifically the Reverend Michael Smith, who is the the church parish. They've been so accommodating to us uh, being in this place. We've probably pushed all the boundaries that we probably should have done. They've been awesome. But our biggest challenge here is physical space. 
And the Lord has spoken to us in numerous ways over and over through his word and through the prophetic. And he has asked us to buy, convert, build, to own our own place, to fully establish a vineyard church here in Bournemouth for generations to come. Yeah. You can clap that if you want. In my vision message in February, I explained how the Lord had spoken through to kings. Uh, and uh, I was actually struck uh, uh, in both books, one and two kings. And I didn't have time to unpack it much, but I will unpack it briefly this morning. If you remember, in two kings one, I briefly shared this. It says in two kings one, the company of the prophets said to Elisha, look, the place where we meet with you is too small for us. Let us go to the Jordan where each of us can get a pole and let's build a place there for us to meet. Now, the bigger backdrop leading up to this verse in 2 Kings is we've got David. He unifies the tribes of Israel. And God promises that from that line, he would fulfill the promises that he made to Abraham. We see in 1 and 2 Kings, there's this long line of kings that come after David, none of them living up to these promises. Eventually, Israel splits into two kingdoms, and the Lord really spoke to me through this next part of the story of the kings, because during this reign of kings, if you remember, God gives precise details to Solomon about the temple and the need to build a temple. This dwelling place where God's presence would dwell for his glory and for his purpose. And with all this symbolism echoing back to the Garden of Eden, a place where heaven meets earth and where God's presence dwells amongst his people. It struck me that God really cares about places for his kids to meet with him. Further on in First and Second Kings, we find the prophets, who are these people that spoke on behalf of God, reminding the people of their calling to be a light to the nations. And specifically here in 2 Kings 6, we get this snapshot of one of these very prophets called Elisha. And the reason their meeting place has become too small is because signs and wonders have been following Elisha's ministry, resulting in an increased number of disciples and God drawing people into what he's doing. Does that sound familiar? In this scene in Two Kings, the kingdom activity was so great, it was having a profound effect on the life of the nation. The numbers were increasing, and there wasn't enough room for them to continue to meet for discipleship. They needed a larger dwelling to continue to do God's work. And I believe this is where we are as a church. God is making disciples, and he is continuing to bring people to us. And he's asking us to make space for more. We want a facility where the Lord can dwell in our midst to continue to fill his people so that we can better train and disciple people that disciple people and have a greater impact on Bournemouth and our nation. We want to see God move in greater ways. We want to see his kingdom come in a greater measure, do we not? We believe that God is asking us to prepare for revival. 
And these disciples back here in 2 Kings 6, they didn't have their own resources. They just sought more of God. They were a seek-first people. They hungered after God. And you know this because this happened just a few minutes ago. Here at Coastline, we have a growing hunger for the Lord, do we not? Just like these guys. And we know also that on our own, we don't have what it takes to fulfill this great charge before us. But God is asking us to exercise our faith. God has set this journey before us. And he is the only one that can fulfill these plans. And my conviction is that this will happen as we seek him together and we flex our faith muscle. Like this story in Kings, we need to commit all we can, if you like, to take up our poles to accomplish what the Lord has set before us. But I really believe God has a part to play for each and every one of us. Don't discount uh, yourself if you're hearing what I'm saying. If you're here today, the Lord has a part for you to play. He's asking us to partner with him as he draws more people to himself. See, living the kingdom life is never a one-person program. Before we can grow into the place that God is calling us to, I believe our faith has to grow. It has to grow enough to get us out of our comfort zones to where we have a greater dependence on him with a wholehearted unity and purpose with one another, where we work together in faith to do all the Lord is asking us to, I believe, If we all play our part in this great adventure, this community will grow us in a way that nothing else can. God provided this wonderful Sunday venue for us four, nearly five years ago. We began to meet on Sunday mornings here. Many of you were here uh, back then. And since then, we've had all kinds of incredible meetings in this place, have we not? We've had evening gatherings, encounter gatherings, leaders meetings, abide gatherings, kids clubs, volunteer awards, alpha star, recovery courses, loads of weddings, and sadly, some funerals. Um, When we came here a few years ago, it was probably maybe 200 of us, and over time, we've continued to grow. As I've said before many times, if everybody that called Coastline Home came here on a Sunday, We wouldn't be able to fit everybody in. Now, maybe some of you are sitting here today and you're looking around, you're saying, well, it doesn't feel that full. Well, loads of church studies that I have read show that when you're 70, 80% full on Sundays, you are full. And since uh, coming back from the lockdowns, we've been full. And we know, sadly, some people have come towards us and they've bounced off us because it feels too busy. But I also mentioned in uh, February that our Coastline Kids uh, uses all three of the available spaces here on Sundays, and they've been totally oversubscribed for a long time. We're regularly seeing 60 to 80 children attending each week here on a Sunday. How awesome is that? It's amazing, And and it's growing all the time. Yeah, praise God for children in our church. One week downstairs in the, in the um, St. Albans Lounge, which is naught to fours, there were 38 kids and 12 adults. 
That was 50 human beings in this tiny space downstairs. That's toddlers running around with babies. And, and the thing I also said in February, uh, which you might remember, is that we have about 30 kids that in the next 24 months are going to progress up into youth from kids, so we're going to end up with the same problem actually at Sovereign House. But they are great problems to have, right? The Lord is growing his church, and he is multiplying our numbers, and he's bringing more people, which of course is a wonderful thing. You know why? Because it means that lives are being changed. And we're hearing all the time stories of life change, right? Of people meeting Jesus and him transforming their lives. The Lord keeps bringing people to us who are finding Jesus, who are growing as disciples, some walking with the Lord in ways that they haven't been maybe all of their Christian life. And then these coastliners are now going on to impact the town, for the king and for the extension of the kingdom. People are finding home here because Jesus is here. As we worship him in spirit and in truth, as we teach his word, as the Holy Spirit is falling on his people and filling his people, as a result, you lot are becoming more like Jesus. You lot are the most welcoming kind, loving, caring, servant-hearted people that I know. And people are directly being drawn into God's love through you. The question is, if the Lord keeps bringing people, how are we going to fit them all in? And it's a question that we cannot ignore. We have to find a bigger place. The question is, where and when. Now, right off the bat, I want you to know that I have already set up a small team of trusted coastline powerhouses to assist with this job. I think we've got a picture of them that's going to come up on the, te- on the, on the screen. Here they are. Woo! This is my BFF team, not best friends forever team, although that's nice. It's the building for the future team. And we have been meeting, and we are currently exploring loads of existing venues and land. And our hope at the end of this series, the Building for the Future series, is to be in a good position to be able to move forward. Now, we don't have all the specifics right now of a specific current venue or land, but the Lord is asking us to be ready. What we are committing to do from today as a church family is to pray to give, to save, and to search, so that we're in a position to move on a facility as the Lord leads us. We want to be in the best position, don't we, to strike while the iron's hot. Now, over the next four weeks, in this Building for the Future message leading up to the 25th of June, which will be our first gift day, I want to show you a video that we've made. I'm actually aware that some of you may have never, ever stepped into the um, doors of an established vineyard church here in the UK. And what I want to say is that if any of you watch this and get excited as I do, you have full permission to be Pentecostal, okay? Let's watch the screens. 
Hey church, I'm here at St Albans, the current venue of Coastline Vineyard every Sunday. This place has been such a blessing for us over the last four or five years, but God is asking us to go on a new adventure. Here on Sundays and in pretty much every area of Coastline life, we are growing. God has called us to find or to build a building to facilitate all the current kingdom uh, ministries that are happening, but also to make space for more, to establish a vineyard church here in Bournemouth for generations to come. But is that even possible? And what would it look like? Well, thankfully, a number of vineyard churches across the UK and Ireland have taken this great step of faith, the same step of faith that we are about to take. So here we are at Trent Vineyard Church in Nottingham. Our staff team and our leaders have come all the way here for Vineyard Leaders Gathering 2023. So I thought I would take the chance to show you what a building purpose-built for ministry could look like. amazing. This is an established vineyard church. This is what the Lord can do. Currently for Coastline Kids we are in three very very small rooms. Let's take a little look inside Trent Kids to see the kind of options for spaces that we could have with a purpose-built kids venue. Look at the size of this. This is their main kids' auditorium. It's got so much space, so much room for activities. Uh, it's great. They still have them all in together, but it's huge space for worship, loads of time for games. They've got a little stage so you can kind of contain stuff, keep it nice and safe for the kids. It's brilliant. As well as the main kids' auditorium, they've got loads and loads of breakout rooms all along uh, with space for age, different age groups to uh, do their stuff. They've got toys, games, all sorts of stuff laid out. Perfect spaces for babies, for toddlers, uh, as well as then smaller spaces to do life groups and stuff like that as well. Meanwhile, St Albans and Hull Vineyard churches have made converted warehouses their homes. Let's see how they've used their buildings to reach new levels of effectiveness in ministry. churches took on a seemingly impossible task that God made possible. We believe that God is calling us to take this step of faith, to usher in the revival that we're all believing for and change Bournemouth forever. Would you come on this great adventure with us? As I said in February, uh, we are open to all options, right? Buying, converting, possibly leasing uh, a building or, or land. And uh, looking at those, and there are a number of other established vineyard churches, uh, it, it may be that buying a warehouse, converting a warehouse is the best option and maybe the cheapest option. If we did that, it would mean that we would be able to uh, bespoke the spaces to accommodate all the current needs that we have on Sundays with kids and youth, but also, obviously, to house the other ministry areas. Um, 
in our research, in the BFF team recently, <clears throat> we've been talking about if we were to um, convert a, a warehouse building, it actually is more easier for us to then secure money from the bank if we need to. If you think about it, if we build a bespoke church building, then it would be virtually unsaleable to anyone other than a church, and it actually poses a greater risk to lenders. But if we do uh, manage to confer or build a warehouse, it can be sold as a warehouse if we ever need to do that. And modern research shows that we don't need to have a church in a visible location so much as a findable location. Now, one of these questions was brought up, but we may think that churches should be in residential areas where people live, but times have changed. We are living in, a, in an age where communities are formed more on a regional basis than in the past. People are used to making a short journey to most things, to get their shopping, to go to the cinema, to go to sports, to go out with friends, friends. and the same is true of church. We have people coming to Coastline from all over, Southampton, Ringwood, Wimborne, Ferndown, Paul, and beyond. The local parish church, whilst once very effective in reaching out to the people that lived in that area, is no longer necessarily the best way to reach out to people in our time. Relationships matter more than geography, hence our church. And many churches like ours are built on a network of relationships where people come from all over the place. A lot of church studies show that regional churches are growing because they are easily found and they're easily accessible. So why now? As I said before, our numbers are growing. And although we're still relatively young as a church, this year we will be eight. <laughs> How cool is that? We're already one of the largest churches in Bournemouth, and we are still growing. We have regular newcomers' dinners that we now have to do in the St. Albans Hall because we can't fit everyone in into somebody's lounge. See, by multiplying our Sunday gatherings in October, our hope and our prayer is that we will continue to grow, excuse me, <clears throat> grow both services or both gatherings to 350,400 adults towards continuing momentum for building for the, for the future. We will talk about this more, but obviously us multiplying services in October presents us with loads of new uh, challenges, which again, the staff team are working really hard behind the scenes uh, to adapt for what's to come. But let me just uh, uh, commend to you, if you're not currently serving on a Sunday team, please would you sign up to serve like, this may be a strain for a little while as we find our feet, but it's worth it, right? Because people are coming to Jesus. Uh, there's ways that you can connect with people at the back at the end to sign up for a team. But maybe you can do more than one week. I mean, Sarah said to our leaders recently, what would it look like if 100% of this church community served? Served on a Sunday and maybe served something during the week. Think of the impact that we could have for the king and the kingdom. We are going to need sacrifice in, in greater measure. Sacrifice of our time, of our talents, and of course, of our treasure. In our Sunday gatherings, every person in this church family can serve in some way, shape, or form. But rest assured, behind the scenes, we are searching for an ideal location 
at an affordable price. But we all know that Bournemouth is actually very limited in terms of land and warehouses, but we are continuing to look, and we'll continue to look at all options. But whatever we find, we know we need to raise a significant amount of money for a deposit, and we'll probably need to go to the bank for the rest. But to quote uh, Leonard Ravenhill, he said this, he said, the opportunity of a lifetime needs to be seized during the lifetime of opportunity. Let me say that again. The opportunity of a lifetime needs to be seized during the lifetime of opportunity. We want to be ready to act on an opportunity as it arises. We don't want to miss out on an opportunity because we weren't ready. And while this will be, arguably, the greatest financial sacrificial step that any of us will take, I believe we can do this with God's help. For sure, we will need a miracle from the Lord. But remember, he's always worked miracles in this church. He has. We see salvations and healings and miracles happening all the time. He's the one that is inviting us into this, and it's our job to follow him. Romans 8, 14 to 16 says, those who are led by the Spirit of God are sons and daughters of God. For you did not receive a spirit that makes you a slave again to fear, but you received the spirit of sonship. And by him we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself testifies that we are God's children. (laughs) We've talked and prayed behind the scenes about buildings for years, if we should ever purchase or own or build. And we've always felt the Lord say, not yet. We planted Coastline eight years ago, and we've always, at every point, tried to be in the center of God's will, to not, not run ahead, you know, running after every tangent that we, we think. We've always wanted to be in the center of all he's doing. And we've also wanted to not lag behind We've taken all kinds of faith steps since the birth of Coastline, and the Lord has blessed us over and over again, actually beyond our imagination. At every stage in the life of this church, we've sought to hear what the Lord wants us to do, and then we've gone on and done it. And he's led us, and we've done our best to walk in the direction that he is leading leading us. A number of times over the last few years, we've had prophetic words about premises, about multiplication, about having our own building. And in Galatians 5.25, it reminds us, since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Not running ahead, but also not lagging behind. See, when a child and their dad holds hands as they walk, they do it for three reasons. I think we've got a picture coming up on the screen. The first is because of relationship, right? They love each other and find mutual comfort and closeness of the other. And the two other reasons, number one has to do with the dad's leading, and the other has to do with the child's following. When a father wants to take a young child in a certain direction, especially if the, the surroundings are not totally safe, he'll say, come on, darling, take my hand. And the dad wants to lead his child to the best place, keeping him or her close to his side, keeping them walking on 
the safe path at the right speed, especially when the surroundings look unfamiliar or a bit scary. The child reaches for their father's hand, holding onto it tightly. They know that they will be safe and that they will go wherever their daddy goes. When a child reaches up for their father's hand, they're in effect saying, I'm dependent on you, daddy. Look, we will go wherever the Lord leads us and we'll do our best to keep in step with him. This is for sure a massive step of faith for us as a community. And we don't know where the building or land is yet that the Lord has for us. We don't know if we will raise enough money. We don't know what planning permissions we may need or change of use we may need to build a kingdom facility. We don't know about any of the other obstacles that may be ahead of us. But what we do know is that the Lord is saying to all of us, come on, my darling. Come on, precious Coastline Vineyard Church. Come on me with this journey. We don't want to shrink back from this invitation because then we would be lagging behind. We need to put our hand in his and be utterly dependent on him to lead us forward wherever he goes. Whether this process culminates in us having a new home happening soon or it taking a bit longer, it seems very clear to us that the Lord wants us to go through this process All the indicators point that this is the Lord's time. And we're going to commit as a community to pray, to give, to save, to seek. And to ask for God for all the help that we need to go through this process. So let me ask all of you from today, would you please up your prayer life? Would you pray specifically about this, about building for the future? We as a staff team, and I'll talk about this more next week, we've committed on Wednesdays to fast and pray. Would you do that with us? Would you fast and pray? Would you help focus your prayer even more as we start to go into this? Over the weeks ahead, we will have a stand at the back with one of the BFFs who will be stood there. And they will be there to help answer questions. There may be a lot of questions that come up. We've been working behind the scenes on a brochure. After the end of this four-week series, there will be a slick brochure at the back which will, which will have in it everything that I have said about building for the future. But we have already worked very hard behind the scenes to come up with this, which is an FAQs document. There is 11 pages in here. And uh, this is going to be on the back uh, for you guys to pick up a copy or to read. I don't think we've got enough for everybody. But as the weeks go on, this document will get bigger because, of course, there'll be other questions that people ask that we haven't thought about. But there is a a lot of work that's already gone in there from questions that you have already asked, questions that we've asked and answered, and also lots of questions of other churches that have also gone through this process. Also on the BFF stand, there will be a suggestion box. Uh, There is a suggestion box now. We want to ask you if you have any helpful suggestions, like you have a millionaire friend who wants to lend us some money interest-free, or maybe they want to donate to this uh, project, or maybe you are really creative and dynamic and have an incredible vision of how you may generate monies for this cause. 
Or maybe you have some land in a warehouse in Bournemouth and you would like to give it to the church. All of those suggestions are very welcomed in the box. (laughs) Over the next three Sundays, we will be looking together at what the Lord is saying to us as individuals and what he's saying to us as a church. We are on a spiritual journey with Jesus together. We're focused on him and this great challenge that he has set before us of raising this money through giving. And I'm saying that through giving because we're not using the words fundraising. We're not talking, uh, we're talking about giving. The church giving out of their own resources for biblical, spiritual, and kingdom reason, reasons. And while the Lord may provide some money externally, most of it will come from us as we pay for our own building as an offering of worship to King Jesus. Over the next three weeks, we're going to look through the lens of Scripture. And our hope is that the Lord would speak to us, that he would help us to respond to him with outrageous, extravagant generosity and give. Church, this isn't about fundraising. This is about developing disciples. It is. By the 25th of June, we hope to have raised enough money to start this process well. But I want to end with this. There are five things that I believe will happen over the next four weeks. Firstly, we're going to go on this journey with integrity. I'm going to talk to you the way that I've always talked to you. Uh, It's not going to change. There's going to be no manipulation. I am going to be honest and upfront and straight down the line. And any of you that know me just know that's me. That's how I am. (laughs) We're not putting up a big thermometer, and we're not going to like show that each week as if we raise some kind of money, or if we hit a certain target, we're going to have a party on Sovereign House roof or shave Sarah's head. We're not going to do that. (laughs) Whilst I will be presenting to us all a huge challenge, hear me, church, I don't want anyone to feel pressured by me to give a penny more than God is asking of you. I'm not going to be checking how much, pers- how much money each person gives, although I may know the overall amount, just like with our regular giving. It doesn't help me, excuse me, <clears throat> it doesn't help me to know uh, who gives what. We have an awesome finance team headed up uh, by Beth Williams, our business manager. Yeah, give her a round of applause. This is a lot of work for her <laughs> and her team. But they have robust systems and structures and safeguard to steward these monies with discretion as they always do. This whole process will be done with integrity. Second, we can expect over the next four weeks, the Lord is going to do miracles. As we, his church, pray, God is going to do what he always does. We're going to see God's work at hand in salvations and healings and deliverances and God incidences, and we're going to continue to share the good news of Jesus. But I also believe that in the coming weeks and months, God is going to provide financial provision for this purpose. Get ready. Pray for that. Thirdly, over the next four weeks, we can expect to be hassled by Satan. 
Every time we start out a new venture, every time God does something great, there is counterattack. It's a principle of Scripture. There's often attack and counterattack. It's the nature of kingdom warfare. Let me commend to you, church, would you every day over the next few weeks and months pray Ephesians 6 over ourselves and over our church as a whole, that God would protect us through this, Because if we believe God is leading us into this, and if this happens, this will be an enormous victory for the kingdom of God. This will be a statement to our town. Having a facility to advance and multiply kingdom ministry like we've never seen before and usher in revival, where we see thousands of people come to Jesus and be changed by him. There is no doubt that the enemy will be upset, and he will do all he can in the coming weeks to disrupt it and throw all the stress and strife and struggle at us as he can. But we will be ready, and we do not need to be in fear. The fourth thing we can expect to happen over the next four weeks is for us to grow spiritually. There are some of you here today who haven't used certain muscles recently. Prayer muscles, fasting muscles, stretching, stretching out muscles, sacrificial muscles. And as you begin to use them, you are going to grow. As we trust God in those times where we're feeling scared or discouraged, we're going to be able to walk in obedience because we're going to grow as we look to our Abba, our Heavenly Father, as this church family takes this great risk of faith. I believe this will bring a renewed confidence in this church for greater kingdom effectiveness. I really believe that. And lastly, the fifth thing we're going to see over the whole of this next season is that this is going to be good and it's going to be marked by joy. This is going to be a good season for the church. Those that I know that have gone through this very process who have gone on this great adventure of exercising faith through extravagant, sacrificial giving towards a a kingdom facility for ministry has resulted in an increased closeness to Jesus and joy in the Lord. Who doesn't want that? So, practically, as you know, there are QR codes on your seats. There's going to be a QR code coming up on the screen online. You will be able to give uh, every week. We will have these uh, on, the, on the seats. What I would say is um, the reason that we've put these on the seats now is because I'm just aware maybe some of you won't be here on the 25th. But don't feel you have to do this right now. Maybe you want to go away. Maybe you do need to pray. Maybe you need to talk to your spouse about what you would like to give. But on the, on the 24th, we will uh, take an offering here, and we will share with you the following week uh, what we have raised in terms of... Um, the the kind of one-off amounts and also the regular giving. But it's quite clear here, you can click on this QR code, you can give regularly, uh, monthly. Um, If you want to set up a standing order, you can set up a standing order, this little slip on the bottom, just use those uh, those details. So look, I'll end with this. This morning in my quiet time, I was reading Acts 2, and I was reading about when Peter stood up And he preached the gospel and 3,000 people were saved and baptized. And do you know what God said to me? Why not in your day, John? 
Why not in our day? This is making space for, for more. This is building for the future so that God can do what he wants to do. And in so many ways, he just wants us to yield our hearts to his kingdom agenda. Who's, who's up for it? Yeah? Amen.